Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are with uh, PAC certified couples counselor, Julie Rappaport, and this is episode 15 of our series, Live Happily Ever Awesome. And today, our subject title is Island or Wave, Not Ammo. And Julie, you're going to have to explain that because I I put it on a graphic and then we're supposed to talk about it. So here we are. Right. I I think it it came to me yesterday. I was thinking about this and I was like, you know, um, a lot of times what happens when, when, clients or people know their attachment styles and know their, or think they do and think they know their partners. Um, they start to use it kind of in a way that can be used as kind of ammo is what I was thinking. And, you know, this happened actually, uh, I had a conversation with somebody and granted it was over text, but you know, so you never really know, but it, (laughs) but it was one of those things where, um, they identified what my attachment style was, or they thought they did. And they were like, oh yeah, like I, I could see that. And then they kind of, um, identified their partners and they were, you know, their partner happened to be more of an Island and, you know, saying, well, is there anything good about them except for their selfishness and their, you know, obviously it was like a lot of resentment Mm -hmm. was built up in it. And that, you know, and, and an island could say the same thing about a wave, right? They could say, well, is there anything good about them except for the fact that they are negative all the time? They can't make, like, they don't make decisions or they have a hard time making decisions. They expect me to like, uh, that they're totally high maintenance and they expect me to get it right all the time. And I never can because they're, they're never satisfied. You know, like you could go into these really um, negative, the negative things that happen in the relationship as a result of people's attachment styles, but the, it really doesn't then take into consideration um, or have any compassion for how these attachment styles developed, um, why they are where they are, where, you know, why they are the way that they are and um, what is important to them, uh, how to work with them, how to better understand them rather than um, really just kind of um, pigeonhole them or labeling. Yeah. Labeling them, uh, just making them feel like they're, shit for the way that they operate in the world with regards to attachment. Um, So uh, before we move on, uh, for some people that maybe haven't seen the other episodes on attachment style and we throw around island and wave terms 
pretty pretty loosely. So can you just give us ground us again on what's an island, what's a wave? Sure. Uh, so an island is somebody um, in packed terms. That's the work that I do. Um, island is somebody who is got avoidant, more avoidant attachment. And uh, a wave is somebody with more anxious uh, attachment or anxious, ambivalent, anxious, angry attachment. Okay. And Yash has a comment here. He says, I think I have somewhat of an anxious attachment style, but it's a lot more secure than it was a couple of years ago. I've been working very hard on it. Is that, can, can we do that? Can we, can we work to improve? Yes. Sort of the effects of that attachment style. Yes. Um, and it's um, oftentimes what, what happens there is um, a lot of, you know, a lot of times we can do our own personal work, but but what happens is we can do our own personal work and then we get into a relationship or we're in a relationship and then something transpires, you know, it, there's a, it, how we show up individually is very different than how we show up in a relationship. Um, it's just not apples to apples. And, um, and so we might do a lot of our work, but we're still, you know, like, like he was saying of, you know, he might be better, but he's still going to have maybe these tendencies, but, and, but, and this is to say that uh, we can show up differently depending on the partner we're with. Um, so if is that a conscious thing or mm -mm, no, okay. no, um, you know, it's like if, if you're more wave and your partner is more, um, is also a wave, more wave, and your partner has stronger wave tendencies than you do, you will start to round your edges into more islandy. Mm. You know, there's something in relationships called complementarity. And it's kind of like if, if somebody, uh, <clears throat> if somebody has taken you know, three quarters of the pie, you have to, you don't get three, uh, the other person doesn't get three quarters of the pie, you have to get one quarter of the pie. And so you have, you know, it's like, it's always the system is always balancing itself out. And so um, you can have two islands, two waves, but you'll have uh, one that has a little bit more of one than the other. And so then the person looks, the other one looks a little bit more of the opposite, just a little bit, at least. Okay. So how do we want to dig into this then? Um, I mean, I think it's being able to, I think, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, you have to have an understanding really of, and compassion for the person's struggles, why they are the way they are, and the, the strengths behind it, um, rather than the deficits, um, there are deficits, but you know, it, it, um, the deficits or the things that we don't particularly like, or that are annoying or whatever in relationship, um, we have to understand and appreciate why they are the way they are. And, know how to then cater to those things such that it works for both of us in the relationship. 
rather, you know, like, let's just give an example of, you know, an island, you know, they are, um, they tended to be either raised with neglectful parents and or parents who didn't um, really value emotion, um, didn't attune to the kid emotionally, uh, and or uh, parents who were all up in somebody's, in their business. So they got absolutely no, you know, kind of a more energetic as well as perhaps, you know, literal invasion of space and psychically as well. And so, you know, this comes from typically when parents, that, that structure comes from when parents have a hole in themselves that needs to be filled with like by their child. So, you know, you've hear, heard like the golden child or, um, or like when parents live vicariously through their kids. Yes, exactly. That, that, that is, it's kind of what's called, it's what's called a nar narcissistic extension. Um, that's their child is a narcissistic extension of themselves and their child's successes means something for them, right? It's like as though it's their successes. If their right. child is attractive, it's because it, it means they're attractive. Like, out on the back, yeah. It, it just, um, and of course that comes from some wounding, but, um, but that doesn't allow the kid to be seen for who they are, right? They're simply, they're all- our, our phone lines work, but that was um, not a call for the show. <laughs> um, but, you know, the kid isn't seen for them. They're simply seen as, you know, kind of this piece of furniture that their parents can use to make sure themselves child. feel better. Um, so I see that a lot. Yeah, it's it's common. Um, Very common. And so, you know, you have to understand that they develop their selfishness um, for a reason they developed, they're taking care of themselves and like protecting themselves and, and pushing others away, um, for a reason, right? Uh, if somebody was neglected or not emotionally attuned to, they only had themselves. Um, they had to go into their own world. They had to take care of themselves, had to self-soothe, um, didn't have anyone to really bounce things off of. Uh, they had to go into their own world and create their own, um, own entertainment, um, or the, the one that's the golden child. It's like, they just never got peace to just be themselves, right? They just, they always had to be giving and feeding their parents. And so there's, you know, of course you would, you would say, oh, well, gosh, no wonder, that kid, the either the golden child or the neglected one would feel like, you know, you could understand the neglected one would just be like used to, that's how they exist, that's how they survive. And the one that was the golden child would feel like, oh my God, just, um, I just want to get like, I don't want anyone near me uh, because all you're going to do is take from me. Mm. Um, all you, you know, they have this, 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 um, early imprint of all people want is to take from me. They just, they want to use me. They want to 
get something from me. They want to feel better from me. Um, and so they're not actually going to get to know me. And so um, it can be a like, oh, you know, people are dangerous kind of kind of scenario. Um, so you could understand in those scenarios why why these individuals would be so selfish or self-reliant. It makes a lot of sense. Um, thank goodness they did, because if they didn't become that way, they really wouldn't have survived. They wouldn't be alive today. And so, and yet being in relation, it doesn't necessarily set them up for relational success because you can't, I mean, I guess if you're with another island, you know, two kind of more siloed individuals could be in a relationship and it could work all right. But then of course they would struggle with more um, intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have more of a, you know, an island wave combo, it doesn't set the island up for true success of what the wave is yearning for, wanting, needing. And so, of course, then the wave has more complaints about them and sees their selfishness as uh, a real, real threat and a real irritant. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, you know, vice versa, the island, you know, let's go into the wave. The wave developed the way that they did because usually because of inconsistent parenting. Um, they didn't have somebody who like it was maybe one time or once in a while their parent was really loving and caring. And then they could approach the parent the same way with the same need or and, and the parent then is really punishing or dismissing or whatever. And so they never knew what to expect. And they would always get their hopes up that maybe they would get the, the nice parent, but then they would always get disappointed. So they lived with um, a lot of disappointment. And they also, they also develop in a system where they have to, the kid has to grow up faster than uh, you know, a, a kid is ready for because perhaps their parents are emotionally um, immature um, or addiction. A lot of times if their parents are an addict of some sort, uh, that can happen. A wave can develop that way because then the basically the child has to become the parent and be the responsible one. And so waves can tend to, um, you know, they look really good in the world. So do, so do islands in a way too. But, you know, um, waves um, tend to have a lot together. You know, they're, they, they have it going on. Uh, they seem really, they, uh, they could do a lot of things. They can look very competent and they are very competent. Um, however, it's overwhelming for them because they kind of, they had to be in that role as a kid. They had to be competent because if not, they didn't survive. Uh, but with that comes, um, overwhelm because they're not ready for this adult world and they're a kid, mm -hmm. but they have to be in this adult world and, uh, resent it because they had to take on a job that didn't belong to them, you know, that should have been their parents. And so, you know, 
it's understandable why they would be, they would get overwhelmed easily. It would be understandable that they could take a lot on and be super responsible. It would be understandable that they would harbor resentment. Um, But the island, of course, in a relationship with them is like, oh my God, you're just negative all the time. You just complain all the time. Well, they complain and they're negative because they're completely overwhelmed and they need somebody to help them, but they don't know how to get that help. Um, They are uh, really responsible, but they don't want to have to be. And um, so they, you know, it's, uh, they, then they become really needy. Uh, They're like pulling on the island, which of course the island is sensitive to, but the island could just be like, God, you just, you're never satisfied. You're so needy. Um, You just, you need you have to be with me all the time or you need us to do things together all the time. Why can't you just do things on your own? Well, they, because they didn't, they had to do things on their own before they were ready. And they always just needed, wanted somebody to help them or Mm -hmm. guide them or do it with them. And so, you know, these are just ways that you could see them, each one of them being able to say these negative things about one another, but, if you don't, you if you don't have the understanding of how it developed and why it developed, then you could just go to the negative rather than really just oh I get it and what what can I do to help this person um, with the wound that created this this attachment rather than what am I doing that exacerbates this wound? Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people. I mean. I guess if they're in, you're not doing therapy and you're not sort of looking to into self-help or anything like that, couples just sort of fly through life and not even realize what's going on. <laughs> All you know? the time. Yeah. And, and what happens in, in doing that, you know, it's an innocent thing. I don't think, you know, but they inadvertently just completely trample on the other one's wounds. And then wonder why things aren't so great. Um, And once they understand how the other one functions and why they would want to avoid the the very things that they've been trampling on, um, once they understand that, then it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, I would think so. I would also think that you just want to find a secure attached person and (laughs) be with them. Yeah. a lot easier it is uh you know there's part of me that's you know it, it could be just because of the work that i'm in and that the paradigm that people only you know most people only come when it's bad sure. um but there's i've had very few anchors in my practice mm-hmm. um and oh. i don't don't know whether that's like indicative of like hey there's not many out there or it's just, they're not coming into therapy because they don't need to. Yeah. That's interesting. But the cool thing is, is if somebody who is more waiver Island pairs up with an anchor, um, then they can begin to look more like an anchor. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's very, you know, rubs off on them. Mm -hmm. Very good. So what kind of, what kind of issues do you find in your practice where people are using 
sort of the knowledge of their partner's attachment style as ammunition and how, how dangerous can that <clears throat> become? Um, I mean, it, it got a, it's usually not, uh, it's not so much in therapy. It's usually what they might learn from reading one of the books mm -hmm. and they self-identify. And <laughs> I mean, I have, well, I'll, I'll come back to that, but no, um, like when you get sick and you start Googling symptoms and you yeah. like a, a yes. doctor. Yes. Um, and you know, you start, start like, if they're like, Oh, you know, you're, you're such an Island. Like, Oh my God, you are so selfish. Um, you only think of yourself or, Oh my God, you're such a wave. Like you just, um, you're so negative all the time. You're super judgmental and critical and, um, you're never satisfied. You're so needy. You know, I mean, nobody's really going to be like, Oh yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, that's how sometimes, and so sometimes when they, when they learn about these things and then they self-diagnose of what they are and they're um, then they kind of are like, well, remember I'm a wave, so I need this, you know, and, and um, great, but you know, there's, there's certain ways of saying that, that are more curable than others. Um, you know, Oh, Hey, remember, you know, my, my kind of attachment style, um, and that I'm, you know, I'm uber responsible, but I don't necessarily, but I don't necessarily always want to be. And so it would be really helpful if you were, if you would actually team up with me on this or, Hey, my attachment style is naturally to just be like really self-reliant. And, um, I know that that doesn't always work for you. And I'm, um, what, but, but what I need right now is a little bit of time and space and I'll come back to you in an hour um, and then we can connect, you know? So it's, um, there's different ways rather than, you know what, I'll just fucking do it myself, you know? <laughs> right. right. So here's a question, I guess. Is it possible to fix one's attachment style? I don't like the word fix. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> because there's nothing to open. Yeah, it's not broken. It's just the way you're oriented. And there's, it's kind of like, I, I kind of just picture it as like a, a square, like maybe you are a square and perhaps your edges start to round a little bit. Um, so you might begin to, it's, or, or a teeter totter that maybe you're on one end of it and you begin to start coming in more towards the center. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be what I think the question is going towards is, is, Hey, you can begin to be more balanced um, in your attachment and not look like, you know, there are, it is a continuum. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there are, super waves and super islands. And then there are wavish and islandish. Um, so yeah. That's funny, Ash. <laughs> square is not a square. It's a rhombus. There oh, great. There's more sides for you then. <laughs> I don't know. Rhombus. Is that like the, the, that's like uh, a parallel. Yeah. 
a little bit different shape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know about you, Yash, anyway. So yeah. Um. There, oh, I was gonna say that uh, I have a I have a couple who have read one of Stan's books. Okay. And um, she has determined that she is. Um, I think she determined, I can't remember exactly, but it's, she's yeah, self-diagnosed. And I'm like, yeah. you're not, you know, you're not. Oh, interesting. You're, you're, yeah. But, um, but you know, it's not for me to correct her. It's simply to uh, in session doing things that then make her go, Oh, Oh, wow. Like um, she said something like, well, I really like, um, I just, I mean, I just, I just wind up just doing it myself like a total island because, you know, blah, blah, like that is not language that an island would use and, and the tone that island would use. That is a tone that a wave would use because yeah. um, she's like, you know, and I just wind up just doing it myself because, um, you know, it's not going to get done. And so I just default to doing it myself like an island would. You know, and I'm, I'm like, no, that's a wave doing it themselves because they know how to do it themselves and are fucking pissed off about it. That's like I'm barking just like a cat would, right? I just, exactly. no, it's exactly. not how that wants to work. Exactly. Philip, Philip says he wants to be a beach. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so he's asking, he grew up having to take care of everything and everyone. Middle child, I'm 40 now, and it's still the same. Did she say I'm a wave? I jumped on late. First of all, shame on you for being late. Yes. Um, be on time next time. But yeah. <laughs> I think he understands that he's a wave. Yes, you Maybe. are are more of a wave. I'm happy to uh, happy to talk more about that if you have specific questions yeah. about yeah. But if you're more to, if you tend towards taking care of others, that it one is more codependent, which is uh, typically I mean codependent in certain terms of a rescuer, um, and yes, more wave. And Kenneth wants to be a palm tree, which, I mean, Kenneth, why not? Who doesn't? You could do it, buddy. I mean, what? They uh, don't palm, are palm trees the ones with coconuts or is that? Yeah, a that's, that's, yeah, she wants to be coconut. So there you yeah, go. There, yeah. Um, what else yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, I, I wanted to say that different children like like what kenneth is that what he was? Mm -hmm. yeah um different children within a familial system can develop different attachment styles mm. um so he was saying middle child uh, oh that was philip yeah oh philip sorry um different um different different kids you know i mean and as well as you know you know that um, each kid grows up with different iterations of parents, right? Like more yeah. overwhelmed parents or less, less stressed parents or um, parents who are like, ah, you know, fifth child or third child, <laughs> like whatever, um, or first child really anxious, you know? So, yeah. um, so their, their experience can be very, very different. Um, my, my oldest sibling um, identifies more as a wave 
And my middle sibling, I would say, is more of a wave, although presenting a little bit more island-like. Um, and I kind of straddle both, but I would say that I tend more towards island. And so, you know, it's just an interesting... Um, and I, I definitely think that my oldest sibling would say that she was raised with different parents than I was raised with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, of course that then looks differently. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And there are also, uh, so my husband, I would say was raised in a family system of islands. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it, he kind of had more of an island imprint. So it's kind of, or if you have, you know, I uh, would say typically, typically this is a generalization, so don't, you know, um, but ethnically speaking, like Jewish families are more um, enmeshed, I would say, more wave-like tendencies. So typically you would might see um, a kid from that type of um, structure coming out as a wave. Um, it's kind of, you know, so you can, it's not, it's not cookie cutter, right. But, but it can come out. You could look at your family system, see what your parents, how your parents, uh, what your parents attachment style was, what their values were around um, the family and how that worked and see where you might fall as a result. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So Philip chimed in again. He said, big problem I find is that I don't always want to be the one everyone runs to to fix everything. Sometimes waves need breaks too. Oh, waves need breaks more than they are aware of needing breaks. That's the overwhelm. Uh, so what I find with waves is that they are extremely competent and look very good. Um, and they're, it's kind of like, they're good, they're good, they're good, they're good, they're good. Oh shit, they're not good. Like there's nothing that you would, you, typically you would look at a wave and be in the presence of a wave and you're like, they're good. And then all of a sudden they're not good. Like, and you don't even know what tip the scales. There's no kind of ramp up to like feel that they're getting overwhelmed. It's like, they're good until they're not. And it's because they manage so they've had to manage so much um, that there's just, you know, they're good until they're not. And so kind of echoing what he was talking about is you absolutely do. You need to start asking for help, uh, even though that's uncomfortable, uh, because you do have needs and it's OK to have needs. Um, be specific with what you need. Uh, which can be hard for a wave because nobody ever asked them what they needed. It was about everybody else. Um, but the more specific they can be about their needs, um, the more help that they can get, the more success that their partner or successful their partner can be about helping them rather than having their partner just guess what they need. In which case, you know, there you have the waves tend to have so many needs or, or a litany of things that are in their mind of like what needs to be done or um, and the then their partner is kind of stabbing in the dark and saying, OK, well, I think uh, last week they really needed me to unload the dishwasher. They really harped on me about that. And so I'm going to do that this week. And they start unloading the dishwasher and the wave is like, 
why the fuck are you unloading the dishwasher right now? Like, I don't need you to unload the dishwasher. I need you to mow the lawn, you know? So it's like the mm -hmm. island can then feel like I can never get it right. So it would be really great for both parties, but just talking to the wave to really be specific of like, you know what? I would be really great. I could use some help. Um, could you please mow the lawn? Or could you please fold the laundry? Whatever it is that would help them tick that thing off their list, but they're not comfortable. Um, they don't, you know, it's kind of like they have this, they don't have the the conscious awareness that they are in need of help because they're so competent. Um, and so until, of course, until it, until it blows over, blows off. And then they're like, Oh shit. Now I'm just resentful and, um, Nope, that nobody's helped me. Yeah. Um, yeah, people are really resonating with that example you gave too. <laughs> Don't need that right now. Yeah. So I, I think that just with waves, it's like um, treading into the water or, you know, wading into the water of, oh, I actually, um, even though I don't think I need help, I'm going to start asking for help, even in the things that I know I can do myself, just practicing that of like asking for help and see how it feels um, uh, to actually get that help because uh, they have this um, narrative in their mind that they're never, that no one's ever going to help them. And I think if, if they're specific uh, it's helpful for their partner um, and then on the flip side to help a wave, if you're in an, a relationship with a wave is to really just be specific with them of like, what do you need right now? Um, that kind of goes into the, goes into this other caveat of waves tend to um, be in the past a lot um, and, or, and or into the future a lot where they're anticipating, you know, and anxious and thinking all these things um, or in the past, resentful, blah, blah, blah. So um, getting the wave to be in the present moment is really helpful for them as well as for you as their partner. And so asking them what they need right now in this very moment um, will be helpful, will help ground the island or the wave will help them feel like they are being met um, and give them a, a sense of relief. And it also will, might like might highlight like, oh my God, I have no idea what I need right now. And how sad is that? Like how tragic is that, that they wouldn't know. Um, right. And yet such a valuable uh, and imperative thing that they need to learn. And you're you as their partner are the only one that at this point in their, in their life that can do that and help them develop the capacity to know that one, they have needs to what those needs are and that it's okay to have needs. And, um, and that way their needs can actually begin to get met rather than the, the wave tends to have these needs, not necessarily be aware of what they are and expect that their partner is just going to know it and meet it and should know it, right. should know them. And um, that just, it doesn't go well. I love it. I feel like we gave Philip some homework for this week. Philip's going to ask for help. Yeah. Right. And when you know you don't need it. 
And then Philip, let us know in the comments on the on our YouTube uh, how that went. Because I know you're getting anxious just listening to this and you don't ask and you won't ask and you'll do it yourself. But we're gonna we're gonna try to push you to uh to ask for some help this week and see how it goes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. All right, we're we're past the 30 minute mark. Um <laughs> We still need topics for next week. We're still looking for people to come on the show uh, live. We're still looking for people to call in with their questions. Um, the phones are always open, as, as you can tell. Just the wrong people are calling. Um, <laughs> hey, Jethro. But uh, I want to thank everyone in the chat for joining and, uh, and keeping us entertained. Um, Julia, as always, we always learn something new from you. And uh, we will look forward to what happens next week anybody's got ideas let us know and, uh, we'll go from there okay you good sounds good yeah all right. all right enjoy the rest of your day